What were Jesus's last words? Go out into the whole world and make disciples. This Catholic podcast is all about helping you respond yes to the final and greatest invitation of Jesus, the adventure you were made for. Together, let's explore what the worlds of business, education, organizational leadership, popes, saints, scripture, and the church herself say about fulfilling the Great Commission. So we want to ask, what stands in the way of you sharing the gospel? If you want to share our awesome Catholic faith with people, but you just don't know how, the question is, what's holding you back? And I think for a lot of people, Justin, um, it's simply a uh, almost an environmental problem. There's not a lot of people that I encounter on a regular basis where it would be easy for me to share the faith with them in a way that was successful. And I think what, what happens is there's not, we haven't established trust yet. So in an earlier episode, we talked about the need to establish trust with people before we uh, we started talking about the faith with them. And we, we have such a kind of like a buffered or cocoon society where our social circles are really largely set. And so we don't have a lot of opportunities to just build this this trust with strangers and then share the faith with them. Now, maybe I'm wrong. And there's there's a lot of people who do have trust with people and they're, they're just not quite there. Um, but what we want to share today is five strategies that was actually put out by the USCCBs, that's the United States Catholic Conference of Bishops Subcommittee on Evangelization and Catechesis for moving forward the missionary priority of the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think you made some great points in episode one, Dan, uh, as we discussed that um, you want to get someone from, you know, A to B or E to F, right, and try to build a relationship slowly over time. But I think these five strategies, especially strategy number one, because we often overlook strategy number one and think it's just a waste of time maybe, but it's not true. Um, so I'm really looking forward to talking about these because I think these give us some five tangible ways to build relationship with folks and make the most of the little time we do have when we get interactions with them. For sure, for sure. It's, it's, I would say this, these five steps help create the right environment in our own lives. You can do a look at these personally and then corporately or collectively as the whole church. Um, and the payoff here is the like let's not forget our why like why we're in this and it's the church has asked us the lord has asked us to evangelize to spread the gospel and nothing else comes before that and it, it think it's really easy to get caught up in a lot of the details of some of the other aspects of ministry and we think well okay i've got to do this and i've got to do that but i think it's okay and it's very healthy for us to stop and ask ourselves is this moving the mission forward? Is this bringing more people into union with the Lord? Is this strengthening the relationship of the people in the in the pews so that they love the Lord more and then they go out and announce the gospel? If it's not, I really don't think we have time to to be engaged in some of these things that are less effective right now. So that's that's the payoff of this. That's the like the so what? Why should we care about these five things? No, you're right. Our time is limited and more and more limited nowadays. So if we're gonna try to reach people, let's be as efficient as possible and look at um, these five strategies that our bishops are laying out for us. For sure. And uh, I think there's there's a lot of talk about disaffiliation. One of the, the really unique things about this, if anybody wants, wants where this, this statistic is coming from, you can check out Springtide Institute, the research they've done on disaffiliation. People who, who no longer call themselves Catholic they're still spiritual and they still want a relationship with God. They still think about God, even at least a little bit. The majority of them still identify as spiritual and they're hungering for this. They just weren't getting it in the way they wanted in the Catholic Church. And there's, you know, we can talk about all 
all the reasons why that happened so that it, we prevent it right right now what we want to talk about is how to get them and other people to to enter back into relationship with the lord which is really yep. the goal it's not just getting them in the doors it's helping them fall in love with jesus yeah so i would say we a couple of things we can't presuppose anymore we can't presuppose a common language and we can't presuppose a trust or respect in the authority of the church um this is just, it, it's not the way it used to. So people listen to and respect authority in a much different mm -hmm. way than they did before. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we have to take a different approach to this. And that's what the, the USCCV put forth with this was, was really ways to enter into deeper relationships with people so that those conversations happen more naturally and they're coming from a place of trust. And that's definitely a generational thing. You know, the younger generations tend to trust establishments less. Mm -hmm. So we have to think of new, uh, inviting, maybe shocking ways to get people's attention and build a relationship with them. Uh, we have to adapt the, to the current environment and not keep trying to do the same old things that worked 30 or 40 years ago, um, because the environment is different today. But there are certainly windows of opportunity and pathways to evangelization. 100%. It, there's... Uh, there's still plenty of people who come into the church because they're they're hungering and they're thirsting for the truth yep. and, and they're hungry and thirsting for God. And that's one of those really interesting things that in this when there's a tidal wave leaving the church, like what's up with those people who who are entering? Uh -huh. They are really, really telling. Um, so before we, we jump right into those solutions, uh, we the, to say that we had a really fun milestone. We have 100 downloads. We just hit that today on the first uh, first one, the first and second episode. So I just want to say thank you to everyone who decided to give us your time. You didn't have to do that, uh, but we're really grateful to you that you said, yeah, this is worth my time to listen to what these guys have to say. So uh, as our kind of our, our thank you to you for giving us your time, we're just going to continue to try to make these these episodes really, really great and content that's really, really outstanding. So uh, this is this is for you. Yes, we cannot thank you enough. And we're going to please, uh, you know, send us suggestions. If you have any suggestions for episodes, email them to us at beingandmakingdisciples at gmail.com or just comment on one of the episodes. Say, hey, I'd like to hear about this. Uh, Dan and I want to just keep putting things out there that help all of us become more confident in sharing our faith with a world that really, really needs it. That's 100% the goal. We, uh, we're trying to help you and help ourselves and help the whole church get better at sharing the message of Jesus because that is the, the mission number one or goal number one. So let's jump right in it. The, here are the five solutions. And this committee was headed up by uh, none other than Bishop Barron, a man who knows a little, little bit about evangelization. And he, with his committee, proposed these five things. So first, mm -hmm. The lure of justice. Second, using the new media. Third, reclaiming our missionary identity. Fourth, the way of beauty. And finally, to rediscover the rich intellectual tradition of the church. So mm -hmm. we're just going to go through these uh, in that in that same order. And no one is is more important than the other. Um, they're they're all different tools. And so we use different tools at different times according to to what's best. So the lure of justice. Why justice, Justin? Well. Actually, yes, the root word of the name Justin is uh, justice or just, yeah, the root, the root word of the name Justin is justice. Um, you know, uh, I think we look at the younger generation nowadays and we can see without a shadow of a doubt that justice, social justice is a key issue for them. And it was always the tradition of the church that we were leaders in the area of social justice. You know, we founded the uh, modern healthcare system. Um, we were all we are the number one charitable organization in the world. We need to really embrace that 
and start showing our faith and how we live it and minister to the poorest of the poor, like Mother Teresa did, as she would attract folks from all around the world just to come witness what she's doing. We need to bring that spirit of Mother Teresa. We need to follow her example in our day-to-day lives. We need to carve out time for the poor because other people are going to see it and notice it and realize there's something different about us if we really embrace Christ's call to reach the poor. Right. And it's a it's an open door for a lot of people where some of the 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 other moral issues of the church, those doors aren't open. And no matter how hard we push on those doors, I, mm-hmm. I really think people just kind of double lock it and they bar the door. And so yeah. they're like, no, I'm not interested in having that conversation. Um, so w- rather than, than bang our heads against the door, let's be, I would say, more efficient and a little bit. Uh, let's take the easy path. And um, the goal isn't I think sometimes we we confuse the goal with saying, well, they have to to agree with me on these certain uh, moral terms. That's not yeah. the goal. The goal is for them to recognize that Christ is their Savior and wants to be in relationship with them, and they can enter into that relationship with imperfect moral formation, and that's okay because I have imperfect imperfect moral formation. You have imperfect moral formation. We're working in that direction, and uh, at a time when, as you said, this is like high up in people's hierarchy of of what it means to be a good person. This is an opportunity for us to to say, this is like, this comes from Christ. This is who we are. Uh, And the, the, does really the fabric of our culture that develop and grew would not and could not have grown to what it is today without the heavy Christian influence. I mean, I I don't think we would be anywhere near where we are in terms of caring for the poor and marginalized if it weren't for the Christian influence. Absolutely. And you know, two things come to mind, Dan is first, Christians are often criticized for being hypocrites, right? Yes. It's a big reason people leave the church, hypocrites. Well, yeah. if we embrace the spiritual and corporal works of mercy and live those out, uh, it's going to be hard for folks to call us hypocrites, and we can take that reason off their list. Number two is, you know, earlier you mentioned that we can't presuppose a common language, and maybe we can't in our vernacular, but in the things we do with our actions, that is a common language. Young people nowadays, all across the board, will tell you it's important to give back. It's important to help those in need. So what better way than have a common language than in that of, than, other than in that of, of charity with our neighbor? Absolutely. And um, the, a verse that's coming to mind is St. Paul speaking about how it's, uh, it's okay for him as a, as a Catholic missionary to eat meat that was sacrificed to idols, which mm-hmm. is a crazy thing to think about. Like if somebody put a piece of meat on your plate in front of you and said, by the way, I, I killed this cow and I offered it as a sacrifice to an idol. Yeah. M- most of us would think twice about eating that. But St. Paul was like, no, I can do that. I don't believe in that idol. It's false. But if that causes scandal then I will refrain from eating it in order that I might not keep someone away from Christ or keep someone, put a, a stumbling a stumbling block in their path. And I think this is a similar one. So I know there's there's some people who they kind of uh, bristle at the thought of social justice or, or they say, well, you know, that's not for me. That's this other stuff. And I would say this is one of those those terms. And this is, it's one, it's a part of the church for sure. But if, if you bristle at social justice, if that kind of rubs you the wrong yeah. way, then I would say, just like St. Paul, who said, you know what, I, I can refrain from eating meat for the sake of my brothers and sisters. I invite you and I, I really, I ask you and I beg you, please refrain from from or rather embrace this concept in order that you might bring some people closer to God. It it might yeah. make you uncomfortable, but you're you're doing all of that to bring people into union with the Lord. There is no better cause than that. 
And let's not forget the sheep and the goats. You know, our Lord says that we're going to be judged on. Did we do those things? So yep. oh, we're yeah, all yeah, that's included. a tough passage. We're all included in that call. We have to do it. We literally have to do it if we want to be with our Lord forever. Yeah, yeah. So the, the next one on the list was actually the new media. I think I want to save that one for last because that okay. one we can we can spend the most time talking about. Yeah. The next one is um, to reclaim our missionary identity. And that's what this episode was about, was how to do it. That's what the first episode about the second. It's, it's what the whole podcast is about. Um, but I'll, I'll just say this question again. Maybe I'll, I'll ask this every single episode. When's the last time you helped somebody become Catholic? When's the last time you helped somebody fall in love with the church? If it wasn't recently, let's ask ourselves why. Are we not meeting those people? Are we not putting ourselves in positions where we can have those conversations? And why? Is it because you know we have a legitimate reason our state and life prevents that? Um, or are we just uncomfortable with it? Do we not want to do that? How can we challenge ourselves? Because this, this invitation doesn't come from me. It doesn't come from you. This comes from Jesus Christ. It was the last thing he said. And if we do not embrace this, then I, I feel very comfortable. And we have all like, I mean, um, a ton of church documents saying, this is what we're called to do. Nobody can say, no, that's not my job. Yeah, and I think, you know, we covered this one so in depth in episode one. So, folks, if you want more on this one, I would go back and listen to that episode if you haven't already. But uh, one comment I want to make on it is it almost is opportunistic in this day and age that uh, we are in missionary territory again. Um, you know, the, as folks have left the church and it seems like society or the culture might be moving away from the church, it's easier for us now to reclaim our missionary identity and go out into the world and help bring the truth to people. So the, the next one is the power of beauty. And I'll say uh, yeah, the... I love this. I love the way the, you put that too. So the power of beauty lies in its ability to speak to us of God, even when we have built up stalwart emotional and intellectual barriers. So I imagine it's nearly a universal experience to have your breath taken away or to be caught off guard by the simple beauty of the natural world or a great masterpiece of visual art. And it's these moments that remind us that the universe doesn't explain itself and there must be something or someone beyond the transcendent moments they take us out of ourselves. And I would say right now, especially when the moral witness of the church is somewhat dismissed because of legitimately the sinful actions of our members and some of our leaders. Leading with beauty can be a, a gentler and more subtle way of preaching the gospel. And this then leads to further discussions and establishes trust where we can get to some of those other issues. And so, you know, we don't need to pound on the door of, of truth and morality all the time because mm -hmm. there's other avenues to people's hearts. Yeah, beauty is the one thing that uh, you cannot deny, right? When you see something beautiful, a beautiful painting, uh, beautiful music, uh, someone that's extremely talented at something, you really just can't deny that. So again, going back to what's another common language, I would say beauty is still a common language. And I would encourage Catholics to get creative using beauty. You know, something I've tried to do in some of the marriage prep workshops that um, I've been able to be a part of is use beautiful songs from the secular world to illustrate from our faith. Because if you listen to some songs put out there by artists who don't identify themselves as Catholics, because they're pursuing truth and beauty, their lyrics sound so Catholic. I'll give you an example. Uh, John Legend, All of yeah. Me. Yeah, oh yeah. That is a Catholic. That song pretty much represents the Catholic vows. Because he's saying, I'm giving all of me, um, and I want all of you, right? And I, and I try to use that to explain, okay, well... That includes fertility, right? That's how I get to the natural family planning. That's one avenue to try to get to that, to say, you know, John Legend's really pointing at something beautiful here, 
about all of you and all of me. So I would say uh, Bishop Barron's big on this too is like evangelization in the culture. Look at what's happening in the culture and what are pathways to evangelization where they say, hey, that thing you're looking for, that thing you're pointing towards, let me tell you more about it from the perspective of the Catholic faith. And I think people, once they hear it from a common vantage point, they're kind of blown away sometimes and say, yeah. okay, that, that makes sense. So beauty doesn't lie. Nope, indeed. So our next one is, the next one, I really, really appreciate this one. It's to rediscover or kind of re-embrace the rich intellectual tradition of the church. Yes. And um, here's, here's kind of what I mean by it. Right now in, in high schools, especially Catholic high schools, mm -hmm. um, people take math that is college level. You can take high-level college-level calculus, and we can prepare people in our schools to go to great universities and step into sophomore and sometimes even junior-level courses and succeed and do really, really well. You probably know people, I know people who finished college in three years or two and a half years because they did so much of their coursework in high school. And so as we're preparing young people and as we're sharing the faith with people who are, who are adults, are we treating them with that same respect and dignity to say some of these people can understand that high level stuff? So let's not shy away from the, the strongest and best arguments within the faith for or the, the best and clearest most beautiful articulations of the faith that we have so uh, I just I, I really want to encourage people if you if this isn't your familiarity with the faith then uh, find just someone that you appreciate whether it's a commentator on those great saints the I mean the mm -hmm. philosophers and the theologians of our church or the saints themselves and immerse yourselves in them and uh, that you know not every saint is for everyone but there's enough of them out there there's enough doctors of the church that someone wrote something that can help you articulate and defend the faith well no absolutely um, so I think what the committee was getting at with this is another reason a lot of folks are leaving the faith is because they they believe this false lie this lie that um faith and reason are incompatible right and that's just not true you know i'll never forget a meme i saw on facebook once and it it had it was from i think some atheist facebook page and it said broken leg plus prayers equal still broken leg then it showed again broken leg plus medicine or science equals healed leg it's like okay those two things are not incompatible and and right. like we said earlier the catholic church uh built the foundations of the modern healthcare system, the modern hospital that we see today, these are the lies we're dealing with. Because I think other there are other faith traditions out there that there is more of that black and white distinction, you know? But yeah. that's not the Catholic way. The Catholic way is God gave us this brain. Let's use it to its fullest extent. And we're going to combine what we learn about the faith and what we learn through other disciplines and studies to illustrate uh, or to understand the natural world around us. So I think that's what they were going out here, and you know, I, I know um, someone that a lot of folks are a fan of is Father Father Robert Spitzer, and some of the work he's put out on the, the universe, and he's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. He's really doing a lot to kind of combat this this false belief that faith and reason are incompatible. So yeah, Dan, I think this is just so key. You know, we need to know our stuff as Catholics and know where we come from, so that we can confront those lies and also. I think we just really combat this, too, by, like, living it. You know, if you're a lawyer, be a great lawyer. If you're an accountant, be an awesome accountant. And they'd be like, that guy's really smart. And then you can, as you as you have the opportunity, share how, yeah, you're, you know, your, your Catholic faith or your Catholic view of the world tells you that I have to be a good steward of everything God's given me. So to develop 
my brain and my intellect and my skill and knowledge. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great point. When uh, there's a reason that we we honor and respect natural human virtue because it it signals and it points us to like oh hey there's like that's who that's who God is calling us to be like in some way, mm-hmm. uh, and so when we embody those virtues uh, on our own, then we become I would say more effective uh, evangelical icons in the world. Yep. So our our last our last uh, solution here that we want to propose is the new media. So no big surprise there uh, using it. And there's a couple images I want to leave people with. The first one is just a megaphone. Like right now, um, there's not enough of us using this. So we have the smaller megaphone than the rest of the world and then all these other competing interests. And so uh, it, social media, like everything on there, it's a tool. It can be neutral. It can be used for very good. It can be used for very bad things. Mm-hmm. The more of us who use it, the bigger our megaphone gets. And then all of a sudden, we, we have this great presence in the world. And people, this is what makes the, that, that approach of beauty and kind of revealing the rich intellectual tradition of the, of the church, that's what makes it easier for people to find and more accessible. It's, it, right now, it's there. It's just you don't run into it. But I've run into also other sorts of, of stuff on the Internet. We want to make sure people just run into it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the, like a couple keys that we can use to develop Another idea here is sticky content mm-hmm. is um, just put yourself out there as an evangelist. And, and I don't mean like, you know, just talk about your uh, don't talk about things you're uncomfortable with. But there is something that, that you love that makes you very unique. And there's someone out there who would say, oh, wow, that I, you know, I had no idea Justin was really into that one thing. And, mm-hmm. But they find they might find your video or find your post because you use the right wording or the right image or you put it in the right way so that this one person sees it. And they have an interest that has nothing to do with the faith. And you're talking about something that's only tangentially related. So then they might watch it and they say, oh, what else does this guy have? And then they see you have all of these other videos on Catholicism. Um, or, I mean, just to, to be willing to say, like, I'm Catholic, and here's the reason I'm Catholic, or mm-hmm. here's our Catholic response to this. It's a, it's a megaphone. The more we put stuff out there, I mean, this is, the, this is the Areopagus. If you're not familiar with that, I believe it's in Acts chapter 18. Um, I might be, might be misremembering, it might be 16. Um, but that was this great big center in, in Athens where St. Paul went and spoke with all of the philosophers of the day to try to share the faith. And the, the Internet is our digital Areopagus. And that's where I think we, we need to boldly go to share the faith with people. No, just, just sharing your story can be really powerful. It doesn't need to be complicated. You know, I was in a class in grad school once about uh, healthcare marketing, and one of the lecturers was pretty interesting. They shared that, you know, as the industry and marketing was understanding the world of social media, they kind of went through this initial phase of everyone was excited about it. They just started doing a lot, but then they kind of didn't really see the fruits of the labors, and they went into this phase of, like, this disillusionment with social media, and they said, oh, there's nothing you really get out of it. Uh, it's a waste of time and money. Then they got to a mature phase about it, saying, okay, now, actually, no, we can understand how it works. It is having an impact. Here's how you use it. And I think with evangelization, uh, we're kind of getting to that place, too, in the church, because I think a lot of people will say, oh, I'm just going to cancel my Facebook. It's such a waste of time. And listen, it's not it's not for everybody. But if you're listening to this, you probably are somewhat interested in the new media. And uh, one stat that I heard that I really liked was it was somewhere around a third of Christians will actually create content and put it out there. You know, think about your friends that post something about being pro-life or their opinion on something from a Christian perspective. So two-thirds of Christians, though, will not like 
and read it and comment. Okay, so the point I want to make is people are listening and watching, and you might have no idea, yeah. right? So if you feel the Holy Spirit prompting you to just kind of put yourself out there and start doing something, you know, these things aren't competing with each other. You know, Dan and I will not be sad at all if one of our listeners creates a page that's way bigger than our page. That's not the point of what we're doing. We all, like you said, we all need to be out here more because our megaphone's so much smaller than everybody else. So Catholics, just get out there and start telling your story and sharing about your faith. And let's recapture the narrative on social media and make it a more uh, gospel-filled place. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't claim to be very good at this. I just know that <laughs> I, I'm supposed to do something, so I'm doing something. And yeah. I don't care if I'm not good at it. I know, I mean, I haven't done it before, so I'm yeah. getting better. That's the that's kind of what happens when you start something right. new. But here are a couple things I post about. So I, um, I will post about, I'll do videos of myself uh, reading poetry and then talking about poetry. And it's typically either Catholic artists or artists that have something, I'm sorry, poets who have something to say about the faith. And so I do a lot of uh, a Jesuit poet named Gerard Manley Hopkins, who I love. I've done some some Chesterton, I've done uh, some Emily Dickinson, um, and then also talk about literature that I love. And that's, that's one of those things I like. There are people who come and find my posts and interact with me just because they like those poets or those authors, and they're not Catholic. Yeah. But then I have more and more interactions with them. Absolutely. And so it's just a, it's an avenue for establishing uh, more opportunities for conversation with people. And that's, that's really... The, like the goal is find opportunities for a relationship. Uh, you're, you're kind of broadcasting your voice as much as you can. And the goal isn't to stay there. The goal is to enter into a real interpersonal relationship and go deeper and, if possible, meet in person and develop that friendship I'll and move, move forward. Um, but how do we get there? We get there with the megaphone. I, I'll tell you, and, and guys, folks listening, it works, okay? I got a story of working with a group of guys trying to impact our local area, right? And we have a Facebook group for, for Catholic men in the area. And we just put content out there. One guy connected with us, liked what we were saying, messaged me a couple times, had a conversation, then asked, hey, when's the next men's group happening? Showed up at that men's group, had breakfast with one of the guys. Now we know his name. You know, have had the opportunity to see him in person more often. So you really can't go from a social media interaction to a real relationship and helping someone walk with our Lord. So it's very possible. We just have to be genuine and real and the same people they see on Facebook needs to be the same person they meet in person. 100%. So uh, we encourage you put uh, put your voice out there, your story about what the Lord has done for you. Uh, and as we wrap up here, we wanted to ask another favor. So if you would be so kind as to leave us a review on the podcast platform that you are using, that would mean a lot to us. It would help more people come in contact with us. So you can give us as many stars as you want. Five would be awesome. Uh, and then anything you can say about it, would be uh, we would really appreciate it. It would mean a lot to us. So um, to all those people who are listening, uh, I think we actually have, we have a number of listeners from Ireland and from the UK who I knew when I lived over there years ago. And so I just want to say, I think that's so cool. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And uh, I think we've got, we've got people really from all around the United States. So uh, again, thank you very much for your time. It means a lot to us and we'll do our best to give you awesome podcasts coming up. Amen. So let's keep going and making disciples. Amen. Let's do it. God bless you, everyone.